0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Um, Just to stay in this moment here as we're talking about Harbor at Home. Of course, next weekend, next Sunday, we'll be gathering in our homes as a community, all right? This is what we do as the harbor. We're going to have a gathering. We're going to meet in smaller groups. Now, for those that maybe have been around a little while um, at the harbor, 10-plus years, think home fellowships. Maybe in the more recent season, we labeled them small groups, it's, it's the same thing. We've always had a hybrid model. We actually had this in our hearts before we even started the church, to have gatherings in large celebrations like we're doing this morning for the equipping of the saints, and then in homes as well for the purpose of connection and deeper discipleship, deeper relationship. So a couple of thoughts here. Obviously, in this COVID season, you know, there's people in different spaces as they're navigating this moment, all kinds of complexities. How many of you know our lives have been disrupted, for sure, right, on some level? And so there's some that may want to just watch and engage with, what, with what's happening at Harbor at Home, that platform by themselves personally, maybe just with their family for now. But others may be feeling, hey, no, I need a connection on a deeper level with some other people. And through relationships <clears throat> that you feel comfortable with, We want you to begin to gather in those spaces. Now, here's what I want to address. I know how the adversary works, and I know what's been kind of up in this season as it relates to this whole isolation thing. Anybody been feeling a little bit of that besides me, just feeling a little disconnected, a little isolated from people, a little just isolated from all that's really going on? And in the midst of that, the adversary may may speak, well, there's not really a place for you as it relates to harbor at home. Because, you know, what if you don't know anybody? What if you're not really connected that deeply on a relational level with some people or a couple of individuals or a family that you feel right now that you could begin to connect to? Here's what I want to say. Let's think outside of the box. Let's begin to get creative, not only myself and the staff in this thinking process, but how about you? Maybe there's some really cool ideas that we could begin to implement in this season between now and the end of the year, because we're in our fall season right now, and this is what we're doing. We're doing gatherings, groups, gatherings. On the fifth Sunday of every month, we're going to initiate this, what we're calling the Be the Light initiative. We're going to take it outside of the four walls. And so we're doing all of this just to cultivate culture on a deeper level in our house. So there's a fifth Sunday coming up in November, actually the weekend after Thanksgiving. Mark your calendars right now. We're going to hold an event, we, we think, right here outside in our parking lot. It's going to be amazing. You can bring your children. You can invite friends. It's going to be awesome. So gatherings, groups, gatherings, groups, every fifth Sunday, be the light initiative, right? But we're thinking of some creative ways to get people connected. I'm going to be brief here because I really have something on my heart I want to share with you this morning. But one way may be just to get involved here at the harbor. How many of you know that when you come and you serve, which is the manifestation of greatness, that's what Jesus said, you can begin to know other people and get connected in those kind of ways. That's one simple way. Another thing that we're thinking about is starting a Facebook Harbor at Home group and a WhatsApp for those that aren't on Facebook. How many of you know Facebook is toxic right now? Can I get an amen? (laughs) So you may wanna avoid Facebook altogether, but on the Harbor at Home group, whether that's on Facebook or, or WhatsApp, there can be interaction. Like, hey, we're a family that lives in Coral Springs and we're looking for connection. We're wanting to get together with some people, maybe in a house or, or in a park or whatever, and engage on that platform with what's coming out with Harbor at Home. Listen, i I, I got to stop, and I'd be remiss to say this. Our team has done an incredible job putting together the content that's coming out through Harbor at Home. Can we give a hand clap for our team and what's going on there? Like. Guys, crazy things happening right now, like with that, the, the worship, little abbreviated, abbreviated word, engagement questions, we've got people now all over our nation and all over the world watching this right now, and, and beginning to have gatherings in their own homes. The beauty and the possibility of what the Lord wants to do through this is incredible, but again, it can be scary, right? Like, how am I going to get connected here? This is my spiritual family so engagement through whatsapp groups and facebook the other thoughts that we've had is like what about having family get-togethers at parks where they can begin to come together maybe you know a, a teaching time we get our team together have a little teaching time with our kids maybe an investment in parents how many parents have felt exhausted out there right now during this time right those in the room those online it's been exhausting trying to parent in this season so we want to fill you up we want to encourage you we want to give you creative ways to to be better parents and be able to be positioned to pastor your children right as families as husbands as wives be able to pastor your kids julio mentioned you know watching wendy and i coming up in this house you know when our children were little we didn't have a robust kids ministry we didn't have youth ministry at all but we were like, God, you've given us the tools that we need to pastor our own children. And so, you know, we're trying to cultivate that and then get connection. And through connection, c- come on, guys, this thing called the kingdom of God and the church has nothing to do with buildings or even online platforms. Those are only tools. It has everything to do about relationship with God and with each other and being those living stones that as we gather, whether they're in a small, that's in a small group or in a larger setting, man, it says that the presence of God comes down into the earth and takes residence here. So let's think outside the box. How many of you know everybody's gonna get connected in some level? Be patient. Maybe you are somebody that's like, I don't even know anybody, I'm gonna start a group by faith, I'm gonna be the answer to what I'm longing for in my own heart. Organically organized, intentional engagement in this space is what we're going for, so we'd love to have you join us, amen? Hey, one other thing, I know we have a few families here today, a lot of families watching online, we wanna say this, let's just, let's just say this up front as it relates to the culture and, and the way that we're looking at things moving forward. There is space for families and kids. There's space for noise in our gatherings. To just cut that, like, you know, some people, oh, I'm not gonna bring my children, I don't know what's gonna happen. Listen, your kid could freak out here in an in-person gathering, but if you wanna be here, you are welcome. And we're gonna give so much grace, come on. We're gonna give so much grace for that in this time. So, again, we're moving forward as a family. All right, let's pause. I'm gonna take a few minutes. Let me just pray. And, and could we, just for the remainder of our time, could we just eat of Jesus today, eat of his word, right? He is the living word. And what I'm gonna talk about today, I believe, could change our lives forever. It's something that God began to speak to me pre-COVID and, and begin to give me like a desire to just press in and say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me here? And I'm so thankful for the leadership of God in our lives during this time and where he's taken us. I, I never expected 2020 to go the way that it has, but man, I don't regret anything because I believe God is, is taking the church on one of the most profound journeys it's ever been in human history. So Holy Spirit, would you just open up the word of God to us today that we could hear and that we could see. We love you in Jesus' name. Remember when Jesus made this statement and he said, and he was talking, it was was like, There's this dialogue about periods of time, you know, like Moses and different characters that we know throughout the Bible, and he states that before anybody ever existed, he he used this phrase, he says, I am. He's the one who was, is, and is to come. He's eternal. He's always existed. He never had a beginning and he never had an ending, right? How can our brains even comprehend that? Round about March 10th, I'm basically laying in bed and the Lord begins to speak to me about eternal things. Primarily his son is the eternal one. And that verse that says everything that can be shaken will be shaken flashed across my chest. Initially I was like, gosh, I don't like those kind of words. I don't don't like seasons of shaking. But he said, Darren, you need to hear me as I finish what I want to say to you. He says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but everything that remains from there will be me. In other words, everything that remains after the shaking will be eternal. Can you imagine if we got Jesus as the church? I'm gonna throw this table over and I'm gonna start running around this room if you guys don't. Like In the inside, I am freaking out right now. I wanna ask that again. What if the church, and I'm not talking about a denomination, a building, an organization, I'm talking about the body of Christ with Jesus as the head. What if we got Jesus Himself for real? 2020 vision has not been a, it's been a very painful experience for me because I've just been looking at this thing, not throwing any stones at the church, but I'm like, Jesus, and I'm asking myself this own question, where are we really at with you? Do we really have you? Are we holding on to you? Or is there a lot of other things that we've claimed are Jesus, claimed are eternal, but in the midst of this moment they're being shaken and we feel very unstable and very unsettled? Because when you get, if you, and you just have to, this is, this is nothing new under the sun. If you look at like the moment of Jesus' coming to the earth, his engagement with his disciples, let me tell you, until post-resurrection outpouring of Holy Spirit, these guys were all over the board. In fact, the good majority of what Jesus was even trying to communicate to them, they never even had any comprehension, never even had any understanding. They were kind of lost. They were, they were, you know, just trying to find their way. And then, and then all of a sudden they started to get it. That this life and the new reality that we've stepped into called the kingdom of God is one that, that breeds all kinds of beautiful things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. How many Christians are manifesting those realities on social media right now? Eternal things. And what the Lord said he came to bring is stuff like life and life abundance. It's, it's connecting in through the ladder called Jesus Christ who, who bridges the gap between heaven and earth and we begin to enter in and experience another realm that's a completely different culture than the culture of this world. In fact, if you look, and I said this at a a memorial yesterday, if you look at the illustration, and beautiful story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, and they begin to accuse Jesus, why is this happening? Their whole world was being shaken. One of Jesus' best friends had just passed away. And they said, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have lost his life. Jesus stays calm, and he says this statement, which was a question. He says, are there not 12 hours in the day? Now, I know what my answer would have been, and I'm sure it was Peter's. No, Lord, there's 24 hours in the day, because he just didn't get it. Because in in Jewish culture, the day for Jews begins at sundown. And it goes through the night. The first 12 hours is in darkness. If you look at the old covenant, that's kind of where things were. Nothing really fully made sense. It was all type and shadow of something beautiful, something profound that was yet to come. A light that was going to shine in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. Jesus, the eternal one, stepping into time and space. The one who never was born, never will die, comes and clothes himself in humanity and steps into creation. Those, it says, that lived under A shadow of darkness has seen a great light. That was the first 12 hours of the day of humanity, of human existence on the earth. But when they're looking at this impossible situation with Lazarus, they're like, what do you mean there's only 12 hours in the day? They didn't get it that, that they were on the precipice of entering into the second half of the day, the day where the light was going to be shining in the midst of the darkness, the day where anything and everything was possible. Oh, sure, Jesus could raise someone from the dead, but he can't raise a man who is now rotting and corrupting in the grave after being dead several days. That's impossible. Lazarus! (laughs) I just saw a young guy back in the back. (laughs) He shook. He yells, right? And Lazarus comes out of the grave. I'm actually not even preaching my message right now. Just hold with me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wrap up right here because I just feel this is appropriate for this moment this morning. All right? He comes out of the grave. Everybody is astonished. Prior to this, Jesus wept. I don't think he wept at all because Lazarus was dead. I think he wept because the people just didn't have faith for who he really was. They weren't holding on to eternal realities in their heart. They were so taken off guard by all the stuff happening around them. Now imagine if you're there that day This is how I would have taken this one. This is what I would have done in the moment. I would have been like, Lazarus, dude, you've been in that other space for however many days now. Talk to me. I'm sure he had a lot to say. Because imagine this, the eternal one who he had been walking with that was on the earth, he was also in that other realm reigning, ruling at the right hand of the... You see, we, we can't even understand and perceive the realities of time. He saw this one now seated at the right hand of the Father with everything and everyone worshiping, bowing down, saying he's the only one worthy to even open the scroll that even has the potential to break the darkness that's over the earth, to break all death and destruction and chaos and everything that's bringing disorder into this world Culturally and he saw him there he saw the reality of resurrected saints that had lived life and now we're living life even more to the fullest with full perspective in this whole other realm he was there the Bible doesn't record this but I guarantee that for the rest of his life he talked about it and Lazarus was such a wonder to the world do you remember when Jesus made his way back into Jerusalem. It's, this is crazy. It says that people came to see Jesus, but they also came to see Lazarus too. That's what it says. Because Lazarus got woke up out of death. See, in the second half of the day, which we're now living in because of what Christ, Julio preached it, Julio preached it, (laughs) because of what Christ has accomplished. Come on guys, like this right now, all that we're walking through with the sickness, with political disunity, with social unrest, injustice towards race, Whatever the situation, there'll be other stuff tomorrow. It's our moment. Because we have the eternal one living on the inside of us and we don't even know it. Maybe we've been in the tomb of our church gatherings for a few days Holy Spirit is forcing us out of that space I love it, I'm with Julie we're going to see more gatherings and have more glory and people than we'll ever even imagine I've, I've been saying this for years we're going to see auditoriums and venues, and stadiums filled beaches packed out with people worshipping it is going to get crazy but we're not going to do it in our tombs, looking at everything through the lens of death. We're going to hear the voice of the Lord start to call to us, and we're going to come out of our slumber, come out of our confusion, our disarray in the moment, grab a hold of something that can never be shaken, that can never be moved, that, that no economic collapse or <laughs> evil strategy or whatever, uh, disease could, could move us from because we're grabbing a hold of Jesus himself. It's like in so many instances in the word of God, you just see, remember Mary, she just fell and she just grabbed at his feet because she, he was all that she had. He was the only thing that could deliver her from her problems and her past and and give her some sort of hope tomorrow. In so many ways, I've been like most of you, like hating everything about 2020, but I want to say this. I've come to love everything about 2020. As... As I felt that unction just being led to the eternal one again. Can I be honest and just really raw with you guys? Like, this stuff starts to get really deep and down in your whole in your soul. It's like all that's happening right now. My wife gets furloughed, we don't have her income. You know what? I was getting supplemented here at the harbor, wasn't covering all of our bills. You know, in this moment where you know, you're trying to do the best you can as a leader with your team and getting good advice and counsel from your oversight, from your, your board, and just feels like, oh my gosh, everything I knew to be certain is uncertain. And then that little voice comes and says, it's over for you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take you. This is my perfect moment to take you out. You're not going to have the capacity financially to get through this moment, this season. Whatever the case, whatever. Think about the old, your own whispers that have tried to come to you. And then in those moments, you know, fear tries to grip you, but then Again, if you've if you've experienced this before, you you just default to grabbing hold of Jesus. Like maybe you hadn't gone there in a few years. Let's be honest. Maybe it's just kind of been church, but not really going there. And you grab a hold of Jesus and then all of a sudden it just it just feels like the world just kind of fades away it's not like you're burying your head in the sand it's like you, you've you been dealing with it you've been thinking about it you've been giving your thoughts to it too much maybe and all of a sudden all that just goes away and then you're just you and Jesus and, it, and you're just there with Jesus and the presence of God shows up and it's like you feel that that, that amazing comfort of Holy Spirit that's like it's going to be okay because you've got a hold of eternal things now, you've got a hold of faith for real. We'll talk about this in another week, but faith is that God is close and that He's not distant from you. Look at look into Hebrews. This is what it says. It says that man faith is having certainty that God is near, even when we don't feel Him. And then you have hope again, which is eternal. Hope being. That he always, come on everybody, shout always. He always keeps his promises. Oh. What does that mean? That means the things that you've heard, the things that you've been told, the things that you believed in. He will keep those promises. He's not a man that he can lie. His his word is yes, and it is amen. Do you think he was dangling some carrot before 2020 saying revival is going to be in this year, and then all of a sudden he just lost his way as God? Or could he be allowing us to let go of some things and grab a lot of things and grab a hold of a few things. I almost don't like the number three of faith, hope, and love because you still have to juggle, but actually the Lord said no. You know, it's, it's, it's a cord of three strands and just grab a hold of that rope. You know, it's it's not even trying to juggle faith, hope, and love. It's like I'm close, that my promises over you are real. And lastly, I'm going to use you to go and touch a city. Let's stand all over this place. Okay, what I want to do as I want us just in this moment as you're gathered in your homes as maybe you're watching this as you're driving maybe wherever you are I want us just to sit with Jesus for a minute and I just I feel like God is going to come he's going to come right now and he's going he's gonna to manifest himself because that's what he does
1: It's going to be okay.
0: It's going to be okay. I remember my wife sent this tweet out, she said, this too shall pass. It's not about the moment, it's it's about what what we're, we're getting in this moment, okay? It's not about all the stuff going on, it's about how do we respond in this moment, how do we posture ourselves with the Lord Himself.
1: Come out, he's calling us out of our dreams now. Come out, come out of your dream now. Oh, we sit with you. We sit with you, Lord.
0: surrender we just open up our hearts by saying God it's yours can you imagine if he was the one who always was and who is and is the one who is to come he encompasses all of the realms of time and space meaning he knows all things he perfectly navigates moments like this so we can give him our worries of tomorrow, because they have enough worries in and of themselves just going there. So Lord, we come and and we give you our pain even in this moment. It's been real. We've been traumatized in so many ways by the last five to six months, and we need you, Father. We have need of you today. We don't try to have resolve in our own strength. We come and let your power be perfected in our weakness. We let your certainty be be manifest in our heart amidst our questions, amidst our fears and our doubts. And whether we feel you at times or not, in these moments, God, would you give us insight to see that you're close, you're closer than a breath. We feel like those voices come and they tell us that our tomorrow is over. May we find comfort in those promises. And lastly, may we remember that it's not just about us at the end of the day. There's people out there that have no hope. They're grieving with no hope. And Lord, we have to go and be the answer to them. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for the body to be the body in the earth. To shift the culture to truly be transformed people that are transforming culture. Everybody look up here just for a minute, we're closing. I was telling the team earlier, we had our son come home for college just for a few days. He was wanting to eat some of Wendy's amazing home cooking, so he was dying for that. So I was like, we'll bring you home. And he was telling us, just updating us on all that was going on, and he said that one of his sweetmates' mates, father, is one of the owners of a Kentucky Derby horse that was racing yesterday in the, I think it was 145th Kentucky Derby, something like that. And at first I kind of dismissed it. And I said, what's the name of the horse? And Luke said, well, the name of the horse is Authentic. And as soon as he said it, I heard Holy Spirit say, authenticity is going to win. But I wasn't thinking about the horse. I was thinking about in the church, that authenticity in His people is going to win and overcome any and everything that's happening. Just being authentic, just being real, just being who we really are. I was kind of in and out of the Derby, they had those pre-races, and after I woke up from my nap, I actually, oh my gosh, it's seven, the race is coming on, I turned it on, and authentic won the Kentucky Derby. I was yelling to Wendy, Wendy, authentic is winning. And she came out and she was, we were like cheering on because there was another horse that was coming up on it. I wish I knew the name, but he won. I got to get to know Luke's roommate's dad. (laughs) because he's a very wealthy individual right now. You know what I mean? But Megan said this before we were walking out. We were talking with Julie. And she said, authenticity is prosperity. Think about that prosperity of soul. Prosperity of body. Prosperity in life. This is our portion, guys. Let's get authentic. Let's get real. No religious mass. No playing the religious game. Oh, I wish I could tell you some stories, man. Even within the Church United space, all these guys, amazing top-tier leaders. Every time you're on the call, how's everything? Oh, it's awesome, we're doing great, we're doing amazing. Finally, authenticity sets in. We're dying, we don't know if we're gonna make it. (laughs) But then Jesus, we start inviting Jesus into those spaces because we're finally getting real. Listen, let's give the Lord a hand clap before we go. Come on, God. You're so good. Come on. You can do better than that. So good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come on.
0: You're worthy of us all as you close. God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you in two weeks. RSVP soon.